0: Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Very good. Well, good afternoon, everybody. So good to see you in church. You can take your seat. Thank you, guys. Drew, you are a legend. If you don't know Drewby, you need to meet Drew. He is one of the most faithful um, servants of the house. I tell you what, so him and his beautiful wife, Maria, she's maybe in kids, Um, they came into our church, I think Drew, I think we've been going for about four months or something, three or four months, yep, and been with us ever since and uh, been on music team. So he's been our longest standing musician. So why don't we thank Drew. makes me laugh. Anyway, so good to see you this afternoon. Um, I know I say this all the time, but um, I... I call it a privilege to bring the word. I don't take it for granted. I always pray and say, Lord, what do you want to say through me to your people today? Not yesterday, not tomorrow, but today. Amen. Amen. So I want you to be engaged. Just bring this word out, out of me. I actually was sitting there going, it's, I, I don't know, I, I find it easier to to preach in the morning than the afternoon. It's like, you need to start getting a little bit tired and I didn't have a little nana nap. So... I'm starting to have nana I know I'm only 44, but is that okay? Am I allowed to have nana You know, just like, like 10 minutes and you just feel revived. And like, yep, I can get through the rest of that. It doesn't happen all the time. I'll probably say every few weeks it catches up on me. Every parent says amen. Shelley, can I say thank you for getting up and sharing your heart and your testimony. I was sitting there going, I didn't even need to preach. She pretty much said what's in my message. How good is God? He's going to link it all together. But... I know that was a big thing for you, but I love to hear people's stories. I love to hear people's testimonies um, and just to see what God does in people's lives because it encourages us. And, um, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard this saying that, you know, the tests in your life become your testimony. And it's your story to be told to someone else and you don't know what someone else is going through, but they might just need to hear one little thing that you've gone through to encourage them yeah. to keep pushing on because life is tough, isn't it? Yeah. Life is not easy. Things come against us. Things come at us. You know, the, de- the devil, they say, is roaming around like a roaring lion, um, seeking whom he will devour. And it's quite an intense scripture, but that's the reality of it. He's so subtle. He's so sly. He's like... How can I mess this up in your world? How can I tear that apart? That's why we need to be alert, don't we, church? We need to have our spiritual antennas up. We need to be praying. We need to be on watch. We need to be guarded. Now, this wasn't my message, but amen to that. So I'm excited to bring this word today. But, you know, over the last couple of years, who knows, that connection to a certain degree, has been robbed, disjointed, and challenged at times. And we've been surrounded over the last couple of years with a narrative of fear. And, you know, we've all heard these words, you can't see your grandparents, you can't hug, you can't shake hands, and never in our lifetime have we ever, ever these things been dictated to us or been stolen from us. But who knows that we were born to be in connection with one another. And I read this the other day. I love this. Are you ready? Hugging relaxes. My daughter's going to love hearing this. Hugging relaxes the muscles by releasing tension in the body. A hug lowers blood pressure. When you hug, touch or sit close to someone you love, your body releases oxytocin, which scientists call the cuddle hormone. (laughs) This hormone can be can help relax and lower anxiety, which in turn can effectively lower blood pressure. When people hug for 20 seconds or more, the feel-good hormone, oxytocin, is released, which creates a stronger bond and connection between the huggers. <laughs> oxytocin has been shown to boost the immune system and reduce stress. Come on. That's incredible. That's a little bit of science for you today. But my daughter, she's a hugger, and she come, she come, she would come up every morning. She walks up the stairs once I'm awake and she's awake, and she gives me a hug, even at 16. She goes, Mom, just hold me for a minute. Do you know that hugging, and, and as you hold each other, it releases stress. So pretty much what I came across is I'm like, gee, my daughter already knew that I needed hugs. She's a hugger. But why I'm saying that to you today, church, is that we need connection. We need community. We need touch because it's good for our immune systems. It's good for our stress levels. It's good for connection. That's how God created us. He didn't create us to be apart. He didn't create us to isolate. He did. He created us to be together, to be in unity. Amen? And I'm going to preach into that today. Is that okay? You know, I was thinking through... You know, life, you were all conceived and you all were carried in your mother's womb. And I love that Psalm 119, I created you in your mother's womb. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. First there, there was connection. There was connection between you and your mother. Then you were born. Then you were nursed by your mother. There was connection that happened right there once you were ca- once you came out of the womb and your mother uh, was nursing you there was a connection there then there was a bond with your mother and your father a connection that no one can take away that's how god intended it you were born into a family with siblings if you know you were younger siblings with a brothers and sisters connection family connection you, you know over life you have formed friendships over your lifetime connection that we need if you're in this room and you got married, you found your lifelong partner, God intended marriage for a reason, a man and woman to come together, connection. Then at some stage in each of our lives, we recognise the importance of having Christ in our lives, haven't we? Yeah. And if you go back to that moment when you asked Christ into your life to be your Lord and your Saviour, there was a connection moment with your Creator a revelation that you needed something more than just yourself, but to be in in, uh, commune with your creator, your Lord and your saviour. We were not born to live in isolation church and not to live alone. And I love in Genesis 2.18 it says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good that man shall be alone. I will will, um, make him a helper fit for him. Right back in the Garden of Eden, it's not good for man to be alone. I mean, how boring would um, Adam's life be? Maybe a bit simpler. Come <laughs> <Bummer>. on, <laughs> but boring. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, don't you? Change. <laughs> All oh, your married people said, "Amen." <laughs> we were born to be in relationship, in community, and to be part of a family—not just a biological family, but a spiritual family. A church, a family of God. And I just, what I loved what Sherry, uh, sh- sh- Sherry, Shelley shared is that her journey of coming into church, into the family of God and that we were called to uh, connect with others in church and, you know, also to be a part of a greater mission than ourselves and, uh, you know, in our day-to-day lives and to be a part of directing and pointing people to Jesus, the hope of humanity. Church, we are not called just to exist in this life, just to get up every day, go to work and come home. You were called for something greater. You were called to, to fulfil God's mission on this planet, to be the mouthpiece, to be the arms, the hands and the feet, to, um, you know, fulfil God's mission on this earth. And that is to bring Jesus, the hope of the world to humanity, And however that is in your sphere of influence. And, you know, I feel over the last few years that that has been tried to be sucked out, that we've put our hope in the government. We've put our hope in, you know, other things and what's been dictated to us. Um, And I feel like that the enemies tried to use this time to distract us and to distract the church and believers to not to actually take us away to put our hope in Jesus but to put our hope in all these other things. And I feel to bring today that we need to realign that today and say, Jesus, we put our hope in you. You are the author and the finisher of our faith. And no matter what's going on around us, God, we fix our eyes on you, that you give us hope no matter what we're walking through, no matter what we're surrounded by, that we fix our eyes on you. Amen? And, you know, I look at the destruction of what has unfolded over the last couple of years where the enemy just subtly has had a field day you know, when we are being in isolation and not being allowed to see and connect with people because we were created to be together, amen. For many people, I've heard story after story over the last couple of years of, you know, of this time has resulted in people suffering with major depression and suicide has increased and marriages have broken up and families have been torn apart. We know story after story after story. People not returning to church, getting comfortable like, And hear my heart saying this. You know, I can just watch online. Now, we're thankful for online it has got its place now, which is great if you're unwell and you can't attend. You can, you know, still be at home, watch church. But don't let let it replace the importance of gathering together and coming to church. And what does it say in Hebrews 10.25? And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another. Especially now, the day of his return is drawing near. You know, seeing people walking away from their relationship with Christ. You know, I know change can affect many, many people and they get out of rhythm. But, church, we are called to be steadfast. We are called to stand firm, to remain, and to not be swayed to the left and to the right. And it talks about that in James 1 6. And it says, Do not waver for a person that with divided loyalty, is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. You know, so that's why I felt to preach this message today, church, to speak into restoring connection again in our lives. And the title of my message is Our Lifeline. Our Lifeline is connection. And so that got me onto as I was preparing my message and I just thought of that wonderful organisation, Lifeline. And I Googled up and I thought, what's the history behind that organisation? And let me read you this. This is incredible. One man who saw a need and then it just grew from there. So Lifeline was founded back in 1963 by the late Reverend Dr. Sir Alan Walker. Sir Walker had received a call from a distressed man who later took his own life. Determined not to let isolation and lack of support be the cause of more deaths, Sir Walker launched a 24-hour crisis support line. The service 131114 now answers over a million calls a year with around 120 calls from people at high risk of suicide. Lifeline services are now made possible through the effects of 1,000 staff and 10,000 volunteers operating from over 60 locations nationwide. Services and resources are provided through face-to-face, phone, text and online mediums Uh, through our commitment to ensure that no person in Australia has to face their darkest moment alone. We continue to work towards ensuring our services are available to any Australian who needs us at any time on any platform they feel most comfortable seeking our support. And John, I think that's how you say it, Brogdon He's the Lifeline Australian patron, and he says this, Australians are turning to Lifeline for support more today than any other time in history. With more than eight Australians dying by suicide every day and Lifeline receiving a call every 30 seconds, our service is more important than ever. And so I believe, church... We have to be proactive, as Shelley says, about, our, about the connections in our lives. Be intentional, make time, because you need it, I need it, we need it in all areas of, of our lives. And so I want to touch on just a few areas and encourage you in these areas of your life that can be your lifeline. And I want to encourage you as you hear these things, just ask the Holy Spirit just to show you any areas in your life or some areas that you can go out of this place and go, I'm gonna be more intentional, because you can bring hope to someone else, to your, to your community, to your sphere of influence because the world is broken and hurting and we as a church and believers, we need to come back together and restore connection. Amen? Amen. So the first thing, are you ready, is our connection with God, first and foremost. And I feel like as Christians and over the last few years, we can go through the motions and we know what to do, when to do the right thing. But I feel like that there's some of you here today that God's just going to prompt you and speak to your heart and he's saying, son or daughter, it's time to come back to me again afresh. It's time for you to connect your heart with me afresh again today. And John three sixteen, we all know this scripture and I love it. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, but whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. He wants, he wants, you, he wants uh, you to put him first. Is he first? Is he second? Is he fifth? He wants you to put him first, first place in your life. And I know that us as humans, we're humans, we get distracted. But every day getting up and saying, Lord, I put you first and centre of my day. It's not going to be easy but you've got the reins today. Amen. And, you know, not just, it's not like our connection, our relationship with Christ is just an add-on or it's just a need or, you know, I'll connect with him when things aren't going great. Who knows that maybe sometimes our prayer life sort of ramps up when things aren't good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he wants our connection with him to be constant 24-7 it's not just praying all day. But it's being, like my husband says it so well, it's being God aware that he's there with you. He's walking with you. He wants to commune with you. And the question we should ask ourselves daily is how can I make time to connect with God today? In my day, in my busy day, how can I just make that time to connect with him today, being God aware? This is a, this is a connection that you have to be intentional about cultivating daily. <clears throat> Each day to decide to connect with God, you are making an investment into the person that God wants you to be. So as you invest in connecting with Christ every day, that we are being intentional because he wants to bring the best out in you. Amen? Amen. And, you know, your connection with God is of the utmost importance and the beauty of it, it's it's a connection that he desires for you uh, for you and I, and he longs to be in a vibrant and personal relationship with you. And I love this, knowing God is about building a true relationship with him, a relationship that transforms you from the inside out. And I love this in Psalm 62, eight. it says, Oh my people, trust in him at all times, not sometimes, all times. Pour out your heart to him, for God is our refuge. You know when you're going through stuff and you need your, your spouse or your girlfriend or, you know, whoever that is to pour your heart out to you. just need to have a vent or whatever. God wants you to do that to him. He wants you to pour your heart out to him because he already knows what you're going through. He already knows what's happening, but he wants you to make that first step to connect and to commune with him. Amen? You know, I'll... I've I've spoken to so many people over this last couple of weeks about, you know, coming on the tail end of our week of prayer and fasting. And I just had one of our beautiful girls say to me earlier, she said, can we do another week of prayer and fasting? She said, it was life-changing. I said, sure, let's do it mid-year. We'll talk about that, but do you know what? You can do it any time, any time of the, you know, any time of the year, any week. You can set aside a week whenever you want. But you, you know, different people have said it was a game changer. I just felt a whole new connection with the Lord. I saw breakthroughs and things happen because we were being intentional and we were drawing closer to Him. You know, in, in different ways, we all have different ways how we connect with Christ. It might be opening the Word of God. It might be praying. It might be listening to. To worship. For me, worship is a place where I feel the closest to the Lord. I don't know why. That's just something that I put on my, um, my uh, what do you call it, my earphones. I go for my walk. I listen to worship music. And just something happens in that space and place, I feel the closest to the Lord. For me, it's worship. Whatever it is, find that thing. Find that space and that place where you can connect with your Heavenly Father. Amen and the second one is connection with our community and just hearing you know christian's stories he's got so many story after story when he's intentional but he's also just going god use me just not being selfish he's being selfless to meet needs it's like see a need and meet it and i love uh, john 13 34 35 says love one another in the same way i loved you you love one another. This is how everyone will recognize that you are my disciples. When you see the love you have for each other, do you know we can all do this? If you get prompted, act. Don't run away from that prompting because you don't know what your act or you stepping out will change a life, bless a life. It might just be, you know, uh, a, a total answer to prayer. It'll be life changing, like Christian did at the the down at the supermarket. This woman just started crying, had, had no idea what she was going through. But we won't even know today the, 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 the encouragement that that act has been in her life. Amen? You know, it's not just C3 News as a church, there's responsibility to actually connect with our community. We all can play a part individually. Yeah. We can all uh, play a part outside of this space and as a church Because God has placed you in your street, he's placed you in your workplace, he's placed you in your sporting club, whatever that is, he's placed you there for a reason, for such a time as this, to connect with your community and to act and be prompted to bless a life. Amen? And you're thinking about many, many years ago, uh, there was a teacher in our kids' school and um, she lost... um, her and her husband had actually uh, split up. They'd been split up for a number of years and they had a son together and um, there was a tragic accident that happened and it was all over the news. Everybody knew, you know, as you know, New Southam is a bit of a smaller community. And we, I heard this story and I knew who, um, uh, you know, the, the connection with, with the teacher in the school. Now, I didn't know her that well, but uh, over the course of hearing what happened and I went to Christian I said, look, as a church, can we do something? It was absolutely devastating. And knowing that this little boy had lost his father. Anyway, I felt prompted and I said to Christian, could we maybe, um, you know, just reach out and bless him with some funds? And I remember having a, a, a conversation just randomly with the head of our primary school. And um, we started talking about uh, this teacher and uh, and he said, oh, she keeps mentioning your name. And I was like, really? And I said, oh, well, actually, we would love to, as a church and being Christian personally, do something financially to help, um, you know, her and Oscar through this time. And, uh, and so he said, look, um, I think, you know, if you, if you see her, it's better it comes from you. Anyway, amazingly, I bumped into her and she just stopped and looked at me and came up and just grabbed me and hugged me and didn't let me go. And I felt the Lord say, make an, not make an offer, but say, say something. You'd like to, to bless her and her son. Anyway, cut kind a of long story short, I made the offer. I said, we would just love to help you financially. She goes, no, no, no. I said, no, we would like to do something. And she said, do you know what would mean a lot? I said, tell me. She said, Oscar used to go to his dad's every weekend and they used to build things. And his dream is to have a cubby house. I said, done. So anyway, cut another long story short, we had some college students come up later in the year and as Christian being a builder, we facilitated, we organised through the course of a week to build a cubby house for her son. It was the most beautiful cubby house I'd ever seen and he put all his little tools in there and it was like his little place where he could go and connect with his dad. And so through that process and that journey, I developed this relationship with this teacher She ended up coming to church with her son for a period of time and just got so touched and so blessed. And I felt through that journey, God really healed her heart from stuff that I didn't know from her past. And today I have a really beautiful relationship with her and a connection with her that every time she's going through something, she always texts me or calls out to me. And I just, you know, little do you know, just that one act, that one moment can just open an opportunity or soften somebody's heart and it starts with, with seeing a need and sowing into it. Amen. The third one is connection with church. And Ecclesi- uh, <coughs> Ecclesiastes says Paul, 9 to 10, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has another to lift him up. Like beautiful Shelly said, we are better together. Now, I know we've heard that and it's a little like hashtag, we're better together, but it's so true. We are better together, church. We are an unstoppable force. You know, uh, we, we don't just want to just attend church or just, you know, uh, don't just want to just participate. But we want you to connect in. We want you to be a part of a connect group, join a team, build beautiful. You know, your life will be so much richer. Find people in church to do life with, like minded people, as Shelly said, life changing relationships. You know, I want to say be proud of our church. It's not perfect. But you being a part of it makes it better. Speak well of our church. You know where the enemy would love to come in and bring division? Into church. And we've heard story after story over the years that the the division has come just through subtle little things, but let's be a part of the answer, not the problem. Let's be a unified church, and a unified church is unstoppable. I think of an army. I think of like Christian referred to Braveheart last week. You know that movie Braveheart? I think of in that end, of, it was the end scene, I don't know, one of the scenes in that movie. You know, they're all lined up as an army, they're together, they're unstoppable. And they're all in one accord, in one place, ready to fight, ready to conquer whatever comes towards them. And that can be us, church, a unified church, not divided, not separated, not bickering, not complaining, but speaking uh, amazingly about the house of God and each other. Amen? And the last one is connection with friendship, relationships. 1 Samuel 18.1. By the time David had finished recording to Saul, Jonathan was deeply impressed with David. An intimate bond was forged between them. He became totally committed to David. From that point on, he he will be David's number one advocate and friend. Now David right there found a friend that was closer than a brother in Jonathan and together they achieved great things. And I was thinking one of the greatest things in life is able to give the gift of friendship to one another. Not Facebook, not Instagram, or my my older brother calls it InstaFace. Do you like that one? InstaFace, just put it all together. Not social media friends, not just passing acquaintances, but people who know you and you know them. The friends that say what others won't say at times and will be there when no one else is there the God-centred and God-sent friends. And I want to encourage you, church, today that if you don't have that in your world, those God-centred, those God-sent friends, pray for them. Yeah. They're here in our church. And I know the beautiful Nick Dance one won't mind me saying this, but when they moved up from Sydney, now I've known Nick for 20, oh, something, 20 years. And she came up, when they moved from Sydney, they've been up here about five years, and just through different conversations and spending time together, even though we had that history, and she came to me and she said, Melissa, you've totally changed my outlook on friendship and who I do life with. She said, back in Sydney, my, my circle of friends were amazing. It was her mother's group that just, you know, same stage of life with little ones. But she said none of them were Christians. And that's okay because she was the light in that place. So it's not saying remove yourself totally. But she said, I was doing all my life with these people. And she said, and after I was getting hard work, I was feeling like I was getting so dry that I didn't have any other friendships pouring into me when I needed that. She said, just you shifted my my outlook on friendship. And she said, I realized I need to have you know, Christian friends and make friends in church to do life with. And um, you know, and what's unfolded through through the years and the seasons, and what's unfolded, she starts a connect group, and then a beautiful Shelly comes in, and and all of those things, connection, God connection, God-centered connections. We all get to be to be one to someone, a God friend, and we all get someone someone else to be that to us. God doesn't want us to be Lone Ranger's church. Let him teach you how to be a great friend. This is something that I've always tried to teach my children from a young age, how to be a good friend. Not to be a judgmental friend, not to be a bitter friend, a backbiting friend, or just as a human being, but to be a good friend, to have eyes to see when others are hurting, to step in when you need to step in with a loving heart and being gracious You know, all our relationships require all our relationships, being a parent, being a wife, being a husband, being a friend, being a pastor, being a leader, being a work colleague. We all require patience, kindness, forgiveness, understanding, grace, fun. We need to be fun to give our time, investment, selflessness, and openness. Some people will pass through your life, but they were in your life for a season. Jesus just didn't hang with the masses. He had friends that he poured his life into with wisdom and energy. Your friendship is someone's answer to hope. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.